I'm Jake. And I'm Benny. And welcome to episode two of season two of Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. We're removed from week one. Finally, football is back. I couldn't be more than happy. It was honestly a really good week. There was a lot of upsets, a lot of bad performances by your favorite stars. So let's get right into it. So just like last season, we're going to get right into the review of the overall week. So first off, I'm going to go into my game of the week. Ravens and Raiders primetime Monday Night Football. That was a classic. Fantastic game, to be honest. That game had so many twists and turns. I mean, every single thing in the last fourth quarter. I mean, the uh, the Raiders started off pretty slow. Derek Carr wasn't having that great of a game. I know Darren Waller was dropping everything, and that made me mad because I had him on fantasy. But uh, by the second half, they really pulled it together. Darren Waller was balling out. Derek Carr started playing amazing football. And uh, I remember the fourth quarter, I believe the Raiders scored a field goal to get up uh, to 27 and the Ravens scored a field goal. And then a last win touch or last win throw, Raiders got a touchdown. So they had thought everybody swarmed the field. Everyone was super excited, reviewed the play, got called back because it was just, a, just barely hairline short. hairline short. So then they went to overtime and they get all the Raiders march on the field, get right to the goal line throw an interception and then everyone thought i thought the game was over at that point to I mean, be honest yeah when i uh when i looked at the score i was like oh it's over and then um you know lamar is about to hop on the field yeah. so you kind of expect it to be over so lamar just yeah same thing ravens got on the field pretty well and then uh carl nassib uh he got a forced fumble on lamar jackson and that right there just turned the whole game around yeah causing momentum shift instantly yeah i mean we all kind of thought that the ravens were going to pull away they just seemed to that field goal to win so that we all thought they were going to win but then, yeah, uh, Nassib got that huge force fumble. And then, uh, same thing, Raiders just do one last pass on a whim and ended up in a touchdown, and the Raiders won the game. Now, I'm not a Raiders fan, but I, I was kind of... I was, imagine they're excited. I was kind of happy to see them win that game. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate the Raiders. I'm being honest. They're one of my least favorite teams in the NFL, but... You can't go wrong with a good underdog story. A good underdog story, a great game, and, like... Uh, considering that the person I was playing in fantasy, my brother, he had Lamar Jackson. I was beyond excited to see that Lamar didn't really ball out. I mean, overall, that was an amazing game. And honestly, that could be contender for game of the year. For sure. And I want to talk about Lamar, too, in that game as well. I went through some film, too, and it's kind of the same issues from last year. He doesn't yeah. have anybody to throw to. Uh, Mark Andrews was on lockdown and you can't really do much with Marquise Brown. They brought in Sammy Watkins. He didn't have a big presence. Nope. And they drafted Rashad Bateman, but he's still out with his hamstring injury. Yeah, exactly. They need him back as soon as possible. Lamar, he did fantastic with what he was able to do mm -hmm. with what he was able to have. Um, he did great, but he definitely should have thrown it away at that at the end with that costly fumble oh that's definitely. that's one where you should have thrown it away i like lamar in that game but it was just that play that he should have just thrown it away because he just threw the game away instead i know lamar was trying to uh make a crazy play he's gonna do some crazy running stuff like he we all know he's capable of doing we see it every single he's week he's the only him. quarterback in the league who can do it yeah like exactly that. and uh but that was a risky move and it did not end up it didn't turn out well. I mean, you know, high risk, high reward. There were some problems on both sides of the ball for both teams, but overall, that game was amazing. It was pretty high scoring. I think the final score was uh, thirty four to or yeah, thirty four to twenty seven, maybe. 
I'm not sure what the final score was, but it was super close. It was just overall an amazing game. Any other notable games that we should talk about? Definitely the Browns and the Chiefs. You know, that was a great game. Uh, it started out with the Browns with a big lead. I think oh, it was yeah. like 21-10 by half, I yeah, think. Yeah, 21-10 to 10 by half. And then the Browns started slowing down and Patrick Mahomes started getting his arm loose. And I think they came out at halftime and first play, uh, Tyreek Hill takes to the house for like um, 60 yards or something. Just an absolute bomb from Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so uh, there was a really funny clip about that. Um, so a while ago, there was this meme going around the internet and uh, it was like, F it, Tyreek's down there somewhere. It just showed Mahomes just throwing it. And uh, during the press conference after the game, one of the reporters asked him about that. And then Mahomes was like, yeah, I've, I've, yeah, it's like that sometimes. And that play, you definitely could tell because, I mean, no questions. The pass was beautiful. Uh, Mahomes just has that magic to just make those amazing, deep, accurate passes. But Tyreek has the talent to just get lost down the field. Exactly. Like, that's such a lethal duo. Um, but yeah, going back to what you said about the Browns slowing down, if you're playing the Chiefs, you cannot allow yourselves to slow down. You really you can't. just All it takes is one bad drive, and then the game's totally in the Chiefs' favor. It was, I mean, the Browns played good, and they played good. Oh, yeah, they, they had, they had well. everything going, but they just had a lot of small mistakes. Jamie Gillian, the punter, he fumbled his snap. Yep. That gave the Chiefs the ball at like the within the 20. It, they got the ball in the red zone and scored. Uh, Nick Chubb had a fumble. And one of the receivers, I think it was Higgins, he fumbled as well. And it's just those costly mistakes. Uh, I think those are easily things that you can trim out. Fumbles, you can definitely learn to not fumble the ball. And I think this is a good sign for the Browns, but like you said, they just can't slow down in the second half. So my another huge thing about that game, and we've seen it, uh, for example, against the Chiefs last postseason, um, Baker Mayfield, he is his improvement from uh, his sophomore season to last season is just insane. But he needs to be more of a clutch quarterback because he had an interception at the end of the game that ultimately sealed the deal. He, now I know he was throwing the ball away. He was hit as he was thrown. Okay, yeah, I know. Um, he's still a young player. Uh, he's doing great considering how bad his second season was. Uh, but we, we saw it again last season. Um, if Baker Mayfield could fix that problem. If he can just admit, like, he has great decision-making, but I get it, it's under, like, you're on that last drive, it's, you're under stress, obviously. You just need to make the right decision. And I'll, I'm not putting the loss on Baker because he had a good game. Uh, I just, I don't really know who to put the loss on. There's just a lot of small mistakes and there wasn't really any notable things that you could blame one person for. Yeah, I no. think that that was a great game as well. That was honestly my game of the week until, I, until that Ravens and Raiders game. Yeah, and... Uh, my thing was ba with Baker is, yeah, he can work on being clutch, but he already is clutch. You can look at, I mean, I know the Bengals aren't really a team to get too excited <laughs> to win over, but last season on the very last play of the game, uh, he threw it deep to Donovan's people jump yep. for the game winning touchdown. He just needs, definitely does need to do it more consistently. Uh, when you're mid sack and you try to throw it away and it's picked, I, I don't think, I don't think he should get hammered on too much for that. But for sure. It was a fantastic game nonetheless. Fantastic ball play from both teams. So some other fantastic stuff. Uh, Kyler Murray, that's my pick for the offensive player of the week. Now, they absolutely destroyed the Titans. We'll get more into that later um, with our bonus segment. But let me just talk about Kyler Murray. He had 289 yards passing, four touchdowns, uh, four passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. He had five total touchdowns. Absolutely demolished the Titans. And he honestly put them on skates and one there was one amazing play where he was just 
I don't know, playing backyard football out there. I mean, it was really just him just improvising right there, and it ended up being a huge gain, I believe. Uh, flashes of what Russell Wilson used to exactly, do consistently. Like, we remember back in the older seasons with Doug Baldwin, Russell Wilson would go and just, just put everyone on skates back there. That's what we saw Kyler Murray doing, and that honestly – it scares me as a Seahawks fan. I mean, you look at Kyler Murray, that's a competitor in the same division, and Kyler Murray showing traits of Russell Wilson already. That's just, that's, he could be better than Russell Wilson someday. And that's uh, a it's scary realistic. thing. I mean, we talked about the, we talked about this a lot last week, so I'm not going to get too far into it, but Kyler Murray, he's by far the real deal. And then I'm actually tied with two players for my offensive player of the week. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get. I'm gonna go ahead and get Matthew Stafford out of the way. Uh, first game with the Rams, and everybody was wondering, what's Matt Stafford gonna do? I mean, it was a new team, and a lot of people were saying he's in a poverty franchise with the Lions. He's gonna finally get real competition. He's not gonna do good. And then there were some people that were saying Matt Stafford is the real deal. I'm one of those people. I really like Matt Stafford. The little, the very little primetime games he was given. I think he only got four mm-hmm. his entire career. I think so. The Lions, yeah. the Lions don't get prime time game. Prime time. Who wants to watch the Lions on a Monday on a Friday, Monday night? Exactly. Or Thursday night. Exactly. So, but whenever he did, he made these Mahomes esque plays, and he does that consistently. And we saw that in this game, he had a seventy six point nine completion percentage, which is above average. I think average is like seventy two. Mm-hmm. He had three passing touchdowns with three hundred twenty one yards in his first game. That's insane. Yeah. He has chemistry built with all of his receivers already i can't wait to see what this rams team does and again they're one of those other competitive teams in the nfc west it's going to be a crazy division to watch for For sure sure. my other player i do want to talk about is Jameis winston oh Uh, wow yeah something i love about the nfl is underdog stories of course that's why i've been a cleveland browns fan for so long i just love the underdogs and i've been on the back end rooting for Jameis winston and Although his yards were slim, he had 170 something. Mm-hmm. He had five touchdowns though, and he had yeah. he had a a ball. He had a touchdown where the ball traveled in the air for 50, uh, 50 yards, and in 9,200 snaps, Drew Brees was not able to do that. Nope. Drew Brees has never thrown the ball 50 yards in the air he- on a dime for a touchdown and this just shows that Sean Payton can open up his playbook and they demolished the Packers they picked him apart 38 to 3 was it yeah I mean look at the Bucks and uh Packers game last season that was the same exact score I believe yeah same exact. um yeah we'll get we have a lot to talk about about just really surprising performances later but Jameis Winston he did he did amazing and uh yeah as you said Drew Brees his furthest pass in his whole career was 47 yards uh, even then, uh, I like Drew Brees because uh, he was uh, actually announcing that game, or he was uh, on the sidelines doing something for the game, and uh, he was saying, uh, what, what do he say? Um, this is what the Saints have been missing. That's what he said. So it's good to see that he's able to praise Jameis Winston. He's and, not like stuck up or anything. Because there's a lot of uh, players who, I mean, uh, Drew Brees is a first round hall or first ballot Hall of Famer. He's amazing, amazing career. He's one of the best to ever do it. And the fact that he was that. Um, respectful he was humble about it i mean he was able to admit that that's something that he lacked doing and james winston did great so brett Favre couldn't even do that yeah brett Favre. yeah brett Favre couldn't do that so it's just good to see the respect the mutual respect between the two players uh but yeah i love james winston i mean last week you guys heard my one of my hot takes uh it was about james winston balling out and so far it's holding up pretty well i mean it's only week one keep in mind but 
but we'll see what yeah. else he can do at this rate um he's gonna be eating w's yeah <laughs> uh so and uh real quick riding on that mutual respect wave uh we both have mutual respect for our defensive player of the week and there there were some standout defensive players but none like this guy nothing like chandler jones he went crazy so chandler jones against the titans he had six tackles five sacks keep in mind five sacks four tackles for losses and two forced fumbles now there's no player of this week that even came close to that so we can't even argue about this we really can't chandler jones absolutely demolished that titans o-line and wow that was just so impressive to see um chandler jones he's always been underrated Oh, for he, sure. He's a great D-end. I even, we even talked about it last week when uh -huh. I was telling you about uh, the Seahawks' brand new offensive line. I was yeah. saying, could they handle Chandler Jones? And yeah. That's a even more legitimate question now. For sure, yeah. I mean, we talked about it a lot last week, so we're not going to really get into it this week. But uh, yeah, Chandler Jones, he's, he's a monster. Uh, we actually have some news coming up about him soon, but... Uh, yeah, just an impressive performance. I mean, I saw something he's on pace for 85 sacks, I and mean, we all know that's not going to happen. Uh, the record's 50, I think. So it's like, or I don't even think that's that it's high. It's like 40. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere, somewhere in that range. But um, yeah, it's not going to happen. But just imagine if he's actually able to average five sacks a week. I know it's, I'm, yeah. That's it's impossible. It. It's, it's but impossible. It would but, be amazing if he could. But yeah, he had an amazing, all, all three of those players just absolutely balled out this week. I mean. Getting five um, sacks in one game, that could put him on pace for leading the league in sacks regardless. He doesn't have to get 85, but heck, he can get 37, he can I get mean, 42. We know there's a lot of weak O-lines in the NFL right now. It's kind of a trend. There's a really good amount of weak O-lines. Uh, and if he gets good matchups, I haven't really looked too much in their schedule, but if he gets these key matchups where he can absolutely just destroy, because look, they're gonna double JJ Watt. That's gonna give him some space to work or they're gonna double him and JJ Watt could work. I mean. That's just super lethal right there. But yeah, Chandler Jones, um, absolutely, that's probably the best defensive performance we'll see all season long. And you did say a lot of teams have like weaker offensive lines, and I do see that. Mm -hmm. um, one quick note I wanted to have about uh, week one was Chargers offensive tackle Rashawn Slater. Mm -hmm. He uh, They played against a Washington football team, and Chase Young did nothing against him. Nope. And this is a rookie offensive tackle. Yeah, that's And the insane. Chargers, uh, they passed up on another tackle, but Rashawn Slater looks like the real deal. Chase, he does. Chase Young couldn't do anything. Yeah, that was kind of sad to see because I have him in fantasy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, absolutely amazing uh, rookie over there. Amazing week in general. This week for football was fantastic. For sure. All right, so now we, ha we have a ton of news for you guys. Let's get right into it. Uh, Linebacker TJ Watt, one of the, probably the best linebacker in the game right now, one of the best. Uh, he just signed a new contract, uh, four years, $112 million, including $80 million guaranteed. That's just a mo that's, that's a monster contract. It definitely is. And he deserves all of it. He's a key player in that Steelers defense. Without him, that defense honestly wouldn't be very talked about, I don't think. He just puts pressure on the quarterback very well. Way better than... I it's crazy to say, but way better than his brother yeah. at this rate. It's it's really crazy to think about, but yeah, TJ Watt 100% deserves that. I One thing I do want to say about that, in my opinion, all right, TJ Watt is a fantastic player. Yes. He does deserve that money, like you said, but I don't think it's smart by no, the Steelers. No, it's not. I, mean, I don't think it's smart at all. Their team is already kind of juggling around 
like the the most inconsistently talked about team. You can't tell if they're going to do good one week or if they're going to do bad the next because yeah. that's realistically how the Steelers are. And if they're pushing all a good majority of their money towards TJ Watt, I just don't think that's smart. It's not. I, I think that nowadays there's always one good pass rusher in the draft. At least there's always at least two or three good pass rushers in the draft. It's not really too hard to come by. You can get your Chase Youngs. You can get yes. your Miles Garretts. They're they're common. And I'm not saying get rid of TJ Watt. No, by all means, yeah. no. Uh, I just don't think that this is smart by the Steelers. If I think that when this contract is up, I think he goes somewhere else. I can see that. Mind. But yeah, this whole entire money thing, it's honestly becoming an issue in the NFL. You see all these really high play, uh, high paid players, but then their team starts to fall apart because of that. I mean, everybody wants to be the highest paid at their position. You look at the Seahawks, for example. I mean, they kind of started falling apart after Russ's contract. Probably same thing after Jamal's new contract. You look at any other team with a quarterback besides uh, Patrick Mahomes, but this is actually it's a huge contract, but spread out evenly over a bunch of years. Yeah, it's like and it's ten years, but like it's like twenty mil per year. It's, so yeah, it's really spread out. So it's not going to be bad, but. There's a lot of players out there who just want to be the highest paid, and that just comes back to look by at, the team. Look at Josh Allen's contract. I mean, who knows if he's going to even have Stephon Diggs when his contract runs yeah. up? Because Josh Allen got paid, what was it, six years, 256 mil? Yep. Something like that. It's crazy. Uh, we might see some happen in Buffalo, whether he has to renegotiate or they're just going to fall off. Yeah. So the first major injury of the season came from the Buccaneers and Cowboys game. Uh, Buccaneers co- cornerback Sean Murphy Bunting suffered an elbow dislocation versus the Cowboys, and that was huge. Oh my God, it was, if you watched it, you know that that was disgusting. It to was see. terrible, it, it was, was terrible. Uh, it was, your gut wrenched. Oh my God, my stomach was doing flips. It was a hideous injury to watch. What does this say for the Bucks defense? Because we all know Sean Murphy Bunting was a huge reason of their success in the offseason. I think he had three interceptions in the offseason alone. He did. And I mean, while he is key at his position, they do have good depth at corner. Bucks, they do. Bucks in general have like the best depth in the league, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, they really do. I don't think this will be too big, but missing one defensive player can be huge regardless yeah if you just have like he's the best cornerback on the team look at the browns for example john johnson i believe it was got in a scuffle with one of the chiefs coaches because the chiefs coach shoved him so he shoved him back and they ejected john johnson and that's kind of when tyree kill started getting a loss downfield and they started connecting big so one one defensive back could be all that changes the game and While they do have depth, Sean Murphy Bunting is, he's key. Yeah. He's a key player. And like you had guys like Amari Cooper and uh, CeeDee Lamb who absolutely destroyed that secondary. Yeah. What's that gonna happen? What happens when every single team in the league is just picking apart that secondary? I mean, the Cowboys have one of the best wide receiver cores in the league, without a doubt. I mean, I don't like the Cowboys, but they have a beautiful wide receiver core. I mean, oh. CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Amari um, Cooper. Amari Cooper, that's stacked right there. So obviously not every team is gonna have that good of a wide receiver core, but it could really come down to one big play like the Raiders game. It can come down to one big play where your cornerback isn't as fast as their wide receiver wide receiver number one, and boom, that's game right there. Hopefully it gets better soon because elbow dislocations, uh, that's a pretty big thing, especially for cornerbacks. I mean, any player it's gonna hurt, but those wide receivers and cornerbacks, they rely on I mean their arms. So that's really gonna affect, that might affect him pretty bad long-term. So the Ravens, they got hit by a huge injury bug. I mean, 
all of their starting running back running backs are out. So they actually finally finalized the deal with uh, Latavius Murray. I'm not too much to talk about there. I just thought we'd bring it up because of how bad the Ravens are. Yeah, they had to bring in Le'Veon Bell and now yeah. they're bringing in Latavius Murray. And Latavius is good. The yeah. last couple years he played in New Orleans, uh, he was a fantastic third down back. And they kind of have a locker with Le'Veon and Latavius. They kind of have a locker room of third down backs. But I believe if we're going to see anybody take the ball, uh, from the Ravens, it's going to be Latavius Murray. For uh, sure. I'm not saying it's a fantastic uh, pickup and that it's going to change their whole season, but I think it's good enough. Yeah. You know, while on the topic of running backs, Naeem Hines actually agreed on an extension. Can you give us some more information on that? Yeah, the Colts running back, he's more of a wide receiver running back at this point, but uh, he uh, he has a three-year, $18.6 million contract with $12 million guaranteed. That's a pretty good price for him, honestly. Uh, I think so. Naeem Hines, he's one of those guys that he's the one of the last options you look at but he has the potential to break big and make huge plays i mean last season uh, when philip rivers was leading that offense he had one game in particular where he was that he was that last option but he had an amazing performance i think he was the top scorer in fantasy that week so and i had actually picked him up on waivers and yep, started him yeah, that week. you did so. i remember that that was, was fantastic tough. but yeah so it just goes to show that you keep a guy like uh, Na- naeem hines where he's just that reliable guy, that's that's a game changer right there. Uh, having him in your backfield, he's not the. I mean, they're running back they have now. Jonathan Taylor, he's solid. I mean, he's fantastic. He's fantastic, yeah. So that kind of eliminates Naeem Hines' running position, but he's definitely more of a receiving back at this point. Which honestly, that could be a game changer, as I said. Next up, uh, another injury. Sadly, uh, we were just talking about him, Michael Gallup. He's expected to miss time due to a capture, and I think he left in the second half of last week. Last yeah. week, yeah. Capture, um, it should be just one or two games. Yeah, so it's nothing. To too, see yeah, him. nothing big, but um, it could affect the Cowboys' record because I mean they still have Amari and CD, but that can really just be. I mean, as I said, you have that third option guy, and he's a very solid third option guy. I mean, oh, Michael sure. Gallup they, had some really impressive catches they last give, week. Yeah, uh, Michael Gallup will get lost underneath the linebackers. You can dump it off to him, and you could even give it to him on an end around, and yeah. he could break big. He's done it before. So, um, yeah, just those small injuries can really just pull a whole team down. We saw that last year with the 49ers and the Broncos, and we're starting to see that this year with a couple teams, Ravens included. Cowboys left tackle Lyle Collins has a five-game suspension over missed drug tests, uh, seven to be exact. He was called in quite a bit to get those drug tests, but he just stopped showing up. He's trying to get the suspension lifted, but I don't see it happening. I mean, you're an NFL player, it's your job. You should be making those drug tests. I don't really care what your excuse is, you should be making those. You should be making these drug tests, and it just, it makes me laugh because Lyle Collins, uh, I believe he was drafted by Miami. Yeah. And he's, he's fantastic. They picked him up late in the draft and he turned out to be a stud late. But uh, this just reminds me of another tackle that Miami drafted, um, Laramie Tunsil. Mm-hmm. When he got drafted, the minute he got drafted, a picture leaked of him with a bong mask. Yeah. And that was hilarious. and. I don't know what it is with Miami tackles, but Lyle Collins has no excuse. He definitely needs to pull up. Yeah, I mean, it, it's part of your job. You know that if you don't make those, you're going to get in trouble. So it just looks suspicious. So, I, yeah, I don't know. Not much more to talk about that, but five games he'll be back, which is going to help the Cowboys O-line 
So this isn't really huge news, but just something kind of interesting. Uh, the 49ers were concerned the, pa- the Patriots would draft Mac Jones, and the 49ers originally wanted him, uh, which is, we all knew that, so that's why they traded up to secure him, but then they ultimately decided on Lance. Now, do you think that that was a wasteful trade? Um, Look, looking back at it uh, with hindsight, I mean, do you think that they could have still got him Would they have the... They had they had still had a pretty high pick. So they didn't do great that season, so they still probably could have picked up Trey Lance. I believe they could have, but in my opinion, I still think it's safe. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they gave up too much capital. That no, it wasn't like I know in like the '90s. I don't know who traded with the Browns, but I think they gave them. I think it was the Browns. I think they gave away like. 10 players and like seven picks just to trade up in the draft i like mm-hmm. they didn't do anything like that per se but yeah i don't think this is a waste ultimately sure they didn't draft the guy that they originally meant to but then again they still picked trey lance for a reason they still saw more in him and regardless if it was the plan or not they still got their guy i believe yeah they did i mean trey lance he had a touchdown week one can't complain about that uh some more 49ers news uh their cornerback jason verrett tore his acl uh Man, he's had a rough career. I yeah, mean, if, if you know, if you've watched Jason Verrett, it breaks your heart to see this. It's kind of a similar case with uh, Keanu Neal. Yeah, I mean, he was drafted in 2014 by the Chargers. He had a huge future. I mean, he balled out in college. Uh, yeah, he had a great future, made the Pro Bowl in 2015. Then in 2016, he tore his ACL, which limited, limited him to only four games. Uh, after that, he saw only one game in 2017. He missed the entire 2018 season. He only had one game in 2019. He stayed healthy all 2020. He actually did pretty decent. He had seven Fantastic. deflected passes and two picks. Um, but yeah, this season, uh, first weekend, he tore his ACL. Now, that just really sucks to see. I mean, promising NFL career shortened by injury. Yeah, it's just. You hate to see it. Stuff happens like that. You know, Tony Romo's another example. Yeah. I know a lot of people like to dig on him saying that he's not necessarily a good quarterback but he was in my opinion Tony yeah. Romo was fantastic but it's just that injury bug and it's the same thing with Jason Verrett he's a fantastic corner when he's healthy he could be that different he can make the difference in the game for sure if you need a big play and from your secondary Jason Verrett's there but yeah it sucks to see him hurt I mean especially yeah, as you said how many injuries he's gone through do you just hang up the cleats at this point I mean you're just hurt I mean he only had five games in the past seven years that's I mean, and a whole season, I guess so. But overall, uh, from 2016 to 2020, he only had five games. Do you call it quits at this point? I mean, I mean, I feel like if you still got it in you, I think you should keep playing. Um, and I believe he still feels like he has what it takes to still play in the league. For I think it's ultimately up to him personally. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to draw whether or not a player should retire because mm-hmm. think of it this way. Let's say he was a bomb player. Let's say he wasn't good and he got all these injuries. Anybody, even him, he would probably hang up the cleats. Yeah. I mean, you're sacrificing your body and you're not even good. But Jason Verrett is really good. And when he does play, he's fantastic. And while you, you, while you should be considered about injuries in that, you got to think, what if I can last a whole season? And mm-hmm. I think that's what he's holding out for. I think he's holding out to prove the doubters wrong to for sure saying like this team took a chance on me but this is why and then he wants to prove that sucks to see that he tore his acl and that he can't really show that hopefully we can see that in the future but 
That's really upsetting. Yeah. So uh, Saints cornerback Marshall Lattimore, one of the best in the league. He had a very wild Sunday. So uh, that morning he was extended a five-year contract, $97.6 million extension, $44 million guarantees. And if he meets his incentives, he makes $66.3 million. That morning he had an amazing contract extension. I bet he was on cloud nine. Uh, he actually did pretty good until he hurt his thumb. Uh, he does need surgery on his thumb, but it's it's a thumb injury. It's not he's not going to be out for long. I know Drew Brees is only out for like four five games last. Yeah, year. Yeah, so honestly, Lattimore he's a great player. He's healthy. I don't see him being out for very long, but yeah, he deserves a contract. I mean, not much more to say about that story, but I hope he gets good soon. All right, so uh, this next piece of news is pretty heartbreaking. Uh, we love Fitzpatrick over here. For sure. We uh, we always talk about him. Yeah, he's just a great guy. Uh, uh, he had a hip subluxation uh, placed on IR. Uh, it's not a huge injury, but he's out for at least three weeks. That's that's the best I, case scenario. Yeah, I heard three, but I heard upwards to eight as well. So, yeah, best case, best case scenario, three weeks. It's not season ending, it appears, but still, I mean... It just sucks to see because he was debating retiring and this just really makes me think this is his last season. I know he was already, yeah, like you said, he was debating retirement at the start of the season and he still took the chance because everybody and their moms agreed he deserved a chance on a team that was willing to be like, hey, come play for us. We think we got a shot, you know, yeah, give us that shot. And the football team gave him that shot and... It just he, sucks to see he got I, hurt. He only was able to throw like six passes. I think only mm-hmm. three of them were complete before he got hurt. It's really sad to see. I yeah. hope I hope that it's the best case scenario and we can see him back on the field too. For sure. He's a treasure to the football league. I don't know a single person who has any problems with him. He's just a great guy. I mean, he's just the best teammate you could ever ask for. I mean, looking at uh, his career and looking at his willingness just to go and play football, he's just the definition of a good player i mean humble player humble player great teammate fantastic green teammate yeah for sure um next uh piece of news lamar jackson uh he's this is his um end of his rookie contract looking for extension he is still talking about it but it's placed in the back burner for now while the season starts and i respect that i mean you see all these players sitting out for more money and all that stuff but lamar jackson he knows what's up focused on the game that's what that's what organizations love to see. Like going back to Le'Veon Bell, I guarantee if he just would have played football and uh, just proved why he needs that money, he'd still be a starter right now. Sure. I mean, he's, I guess he's a starter for the Ravens, but that's because they're injured. Um, but he still would have been a top ten. He would have. He back. still would be really good if he didn't do that whole entire thing. So it's good to see that Lamar is just willing to play football and just kind of put this money talk away while he just proves himself because. He could absolutely do amazing these next few weeks and just that's more money for him. So it's a smart move for him. Uh, I hope he gets a good contract because I've doubted Lamar a lot, but I'm at the point to where I'm going to start praising him he because he, he deserves, does amazing stuff, like without a doubt. He deserves a good contract. Now, knowing Lamar, he probably won't take a good contract. I think he'll take a team-friendly deal. I think that's why it's on the back burner, but... I hope he does, because they need wide receivers really bad. That's a, sure. That is the only thing that's keeping them from being a real real Super Bowl contender. I don't see them as content- contenders until they get those wide receivers. Yeah, if they, if they even had... If they even sprung for Kenny Galladay in free agency like they should have, oh my god, I think, I think that's enough. Yeah, I, it really is. I mean, that's not bad, but they just... They went and they got a rookie and they got Sammy Watkins, a guy that occasionally came out for the Chiefs. So this next piece of news, it just frustrates me. I'm I'm so done with this story in general. 
the Texans turned down three first-round picks for Watson. It was believed to be the Dolphins now. Just trade the man. He is not playing for you. And at this point, he's causing more problems because of all the allegations. Why would you not take the three picks? He has already stated that he never wants to play for your organization again. Why are you wasting your time and his time? I mean, I'm not trying to advocate for Watson because of those allegations, but I just don't understand it. Like, he does not need to be on that team right now. The Texans are wasting so much potential. Imagine if they had three first-round draft picks. They could easily build a brand new team with that. So there's a lot of problems in Houston and this is the biggest problem. I am so sick of just hearing about all this stuff. Just just trade the man. Yeah, at this point, you just need to. Uh, He's not playing for you anymore. I took a second to look up if this was pre, uh, pre-allegations or post and this was post. So at that point, you definitely just need to get him out just so that doesn't look as bad on you and like you said he's not playing for you and tyrod got his shot and he played beautiful he played great i love i love tyrod playing and i'm glad he played great but i mean if he's playing great and you're obviously not playing the guy that has the skill set to play um just yeah just send him out send him out and if a team wants to roll the dice with him and you know see if he gets suspended or not Mm -hmm. let him yeah I don't not your think, problem anymore and you get three first round picks out of that go get your guy to replace him yeah go get players to help i mean if tyrod does good this season get players to help tyrod i mean exactly there's nothing wrong with this deal if anything it's just hurting the team that trades for him because there's a chance that he may never play football again if these allegations and if it ends up being a real thing then boom he's never playing football again so why would you waste your time and money on this guy who's not going to ever play for you when you can get three first round picks that could, that, that could turn into your next Watson right there, except hopefully without the allegations. Now this next news piece, I'll let you talk about it. I'll let you introduce it. Lions cornerback Jeff Okuda, he's done for the year. He's torn his Achilles and Jeff Okuda, when he got drafted was someone I praised. I loved uh, Jeff Okuda coming out of college now he was on the slower side for a corner but i could compare him to his teammate kenny galladay he was big and he was strong and one-on-one he would win the matchups yeah. uh, against the wide receiver and that's how it was in college and none of that's translated in the nfl he had like some rookie mistakes his rookie year before he got injured and he played this year and you could see a lot of those same mistakes and it was really frustrating because you know leave those rookie mistakes behind they were they were small stuff small stuff anybody could have gotten over within a couple weeks but he's still out there making those mistakes and one reason you could say is he is a zone corner if anything it would make sense to move him to safety yeah but if you know the lines they run a lot of man on their defense and obviously you run man against jeff okuda he's gonna back up because like i mentioned before he's on the slower side so he's gonna get burnt a lot and he was getting burnt a lot and you could blame the defensive scheme, but you could also blame Jeff Okuda for a lot of the simple mistakes that he made. Yeah. Frustrating to see. And I think at the end of this, I think he's done. Um, not career-wise, but I think he's going to just ride some benches from here on out. I don't I see, see I don't see the Lions extending him. I don't see them taking the chance on him again. It's really tough to see. Like I said, I praised him a lot. But if you just can't make those steps in your career and, you know, you just unfortunately get played with injury it, it's like that jason verrett situation i discussed earlier 
uh, he played bad and he gets constantly injured. He's not going to have a career. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about the Cowboys quite a bit this week and none of them have been good news. Um, uh, this is another bad news for the Cowboys. Uh, I was going to add on to it. Defensive end Demarcus Lawrence is to miss six to eight weeks after breaking his foot in practice this morning. I believe he got surgery or he's insert. I don't know. Something with surgeries happening soon or already happened. But uh, that's huge. Huge. He's huge he's for the, the Cowboys. Biggest, he's the biggest player on their defensive line. It's the equivalent of the Chiefs losing Chris Jones, the Browns losing Miles Garrett, the Steelers losing TJ Watt. It's that same equivalence. Yeah. He is that guy. He's their the best Cowboys. player on defense. Definitely. And that's going to really hurt their defense. That's going to hurt their defense, which is already not good. I mean, the Cowboys don't have a good defense. And this is just making it worse, honestly. Uh, it sucks to see, especially breaking your foot in practice. I mean, what's up with these practices that are running in the NFL? I mean, you look at the Ravens. They lost four, uh, four players to ACL tears in practices. Now, um, Demarcus Lawrence breaks his foot in practice. I mean, I guess stuff happens. But there's been a lot of practice injuries this season. I don't really know why. I mean, is it they're not conditioning well? They're not stretching because... Yeah, there's some weird thing in the air. Is it some phenomenon? Yeah, the last couple years. And um, while riding on the wave of disappointing news to teams, I'm gonna let you go ahead and take away this next one because we did we did talk about offensive lines last week, especially with the Seahawks. And one name came up in particular that someone not me praised and i'll go ahead and let you take this so uh seahawks center ethan pokic uh placed on ir this week um i could not find his injury i believe it's something it might be a something with his back but it's not looking good i mean uh so he left early in the first quarter i believe and the guy that came in to replace him i cannot remember his name but he actually did very well um so it sucks to see that Pokic is out because he honestly plays a pretty big part on that really weak O-line. But it's good to see that they actually somehow managed to get some sort of depth on that offensive line, which has been criticized for years. So overall, I'm not too worried about it, but also I really want Pokic to get better just because it sucks seeing guys get hurt like this. And especially someone who is so viable to this team right now. I offensive mean, line being one of their weaker factors. I mean, yeah, that's that and cornerbacks are their only really weak struggles right now. Uh, so they have depth surprisingly at center right now. Uh, but hopefully it's nothing too serious and you can get back in time. I did look it up and he is out with a hamstring injury on mm-hmm. IR. Uh, hamstring injuries don't really take you out for that long but the fact that he's on ir that means for the season pretty much so i wonder what happened there if there's more if he's going to get surgery um that news isn't out yet but it sucks to see i did see that the seahawks while placing him on ir they did promote one of their linebackers from the practice squad to um the depth chart lineup so at least they're at least another guy can get a shot out of this but yeah, they did actually lose uh, offensive linemen to the Raiders. Uh, offensive lineman Jordan Simmons was signed by the Raiders, and I like this. For I mean, looking at it as, uh, from a Raiders perspective, I like it a lot because they got rid of all of their uh, offensive linemen last year. I don't out. understand why still, but so they're trying to build that back up. They don't, they didn't need to be in this position, but somehow they dug themselves into this position. Uh, but they're making some kind of progress with Jordan Simmons. I haven't really heard much about him. Uh, he's a practice squad player, but we've seen practice squad players end up being really good. 
Um, now we talked about Chandler Jones quite a bit earlier. Uh, we praised him, but this is probably one of the most surprising things of the, of the week. Uh, over the summer, there was rumors that he asked for a trade request, and he did confirm it today, and he didn't take it back. That's crazy. He still wants to be traded. I mean, after balling out, and you're on a Super Bowl caliber team, you're on a team in the best division in football that has a chance at making the Super Bowl, and you're going to want to leave? I just, I don't get it, but... Go to someone who needs you, I guess. He's he's the type of player that can be used anywhere. Any team that can get him is just blessed to have him. Because, as we said, five sacks, two forced fumbles. Yeah, that's adding week one to your resume, that's insane. Yeah, so he's going to be a really expensive player. But whoever gets him, it's going to be worth it. Especially if your defense is lacking. Maybe the Cowboys should try to get him. I mean, I wouldn't want to see that because I hate the Cowboys. But, uh... I mean, he, they, if they could trade for him, I don't see the Cardinals doing that because it's in the same conference. But if they could make that deal happen, that'd be good for them. The football season would, would not be back if Josh Gordon was not being reinstated. Uh, Josh Gordon, we talked about him last season. And I think if we had a podcast season before, we talked about him that year. I know. Um, Josh Gordon has had a very, very uh, problematic. Yeah, troubling career to say the least. Now, I will... I will guard this with my life. I'll, I'll die, I'll die with this take. Josh Gordon would be Megatron if he just stayed off the weed. Yep. Um, if he would have just stayed off the weed, I mean, he still has the NFL record for most 200 uh, yard receiving games in a row. I think yeah. he had like four. I mean, insane. He balled out, even though he did say that he played most of those games under the influence. <laughs> I mean, the fact that he's able to do that is insane. Josh Gordon is he was that guy i mean fantastic player and like i said he would he'd probably be one of if not the best wide receiver to ever do it if he could just stop making these simple mistakes but do you think he's going back to seattle i don't think he's going back to a team i mean i mean you look at larry fitz he's still technically a free agent but he's not getting picked up and i think it's just going to be the same thing with josh gordon i don't think anybody just wants to take the chance on him and at that point you just have to make him a practice squad player but i think he's too old to be a practice squad and player. it's too point. problematic i mean you, every yeah, I mean, off season it's something new with him you're just losing even if you give him the cheapest contract which i think is 500k i think you're just there's a good chance that you could just be wasting that yeah and then our last piece of news is a lot of news this week but obj is confirmed to be out for week two i do i do honor obj um I heard that in discussions with the coaches, he was saying, uh, yeah, you can put me out there, you can put me out there. And then I think it was uh, the offensive coordinator who sat down with him and is just like, if you can't give us more than 50 snaps, then like you're hurting the team, you're hurting your teammates. And I guess it really got through to OBJ because he decided to sit out week two just to make sure that he stays healthy. And I really, I really admire that. Hopefully that shows, he's back soon because I miss watching him play. Oh, he's amazing. And that just shows growth on OBJ. It does because back then on the Giants, he would never do this. Yeah. And, uh, He'd be he out there as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. But he's really matured as a player and he's gotten so much more likable. All right, guys, it's time for the weird stat segment. Now, I got three for you guys this week, uh, courtesy of uh, WTF Football on IG. So first up, uh, the Dolphins have uh, have a takeaway in 23 consecutive games, and I, I'm sick of not hearing about the Dolphins more. Their secondary is amazing. Honestly, it's up there among the best in the league. Uh, yeah, 23 in a row, and that's, uh, that's after this week as well. They've just been super consistent, and... Uh, Xavier Rhodes, 
That man's a beast. Oh, fantastic. Uh, he's yeah. a top five cornerback in the league. I think he had the most interceptions in the league last season. He did. Uh, Xavier Howard. I would uh, Xavier Howard, yeah. I would I would agree that he'd be top three. Yeah, I, I can see that, honestly. Uh, but yeah, that's the definition of a consistency when you can get a pick in every single game. I know people who have the Dolphins defense are probably really happy right now because that was a pretty low-scoring game as well. I think the final score was 17-16. Um, but yeah, it was overall, I mean, great defensive game by the Dolphins. They've always been, or recently they've been a really good defensive team. Offense struggles a little bit, uh, actually a lot, but that defense is a real, real gem on that uh, team. Uh, so the next thing is kind of a sad thing if you're a Bears fan, but the Bears did not attempt a single pass 15 or more yards downfield this week. The only team in the NFL to do it this week. Only if they had a generational talent at the at quarterback on their roster right now. You know who can throw the ball forty yards on his knees? Justin Fields. Justin Fields. You know who? It's... You know who can on his back foot throw it further than thirty-five yards? Justin Fields. Matt Nagy needs to stop wasting our time. Called a hot take. He's the worst coach in the league. Oh, for sure. He's on the hot seat with Cliff Kingsbury. I, I don't understand why he's still a coach. I mean, he's the definition of way too conservative i don't know what's i just don't know what's wrong with him and his relationship with his quarterbacks you saw him and mitch trubisky bickered all the time they argued and he obviously wasn't a fan of mitch i mean he brought in nick Foles. he brought in plenty of people i mean it, it just frustrates me to see that he's taking that on with justin fields too not to say that they're arguing per se or anything but just the fact that he's not playing him and in the preseason i think he did more than earn that starting job i think in the few snaps that they did give him even though they primarily used him for rushing he still had like two or so very accurate throws they were yeah. slanting out routes but i mean he just needs to stop wasting our time and play justin fields you draft a quarterback first round you better start him for a reason i mean I'm andy like dalton is not good we all know this andy dalton is not the answer i don't know why they even ever picked him up because he was not the answer to begin with no trevor lawrence drafted in the first round started uh zach wilson drafted in the first round started mac jones mac jones drafted in the first mid mid to late first round yeah and he started and you have just, the best pick of the draft and you're not going to start him. you traded up for him i just i don't get it it just doesn't make sense but uh this last one another sad stat especially if you're a football team fan but uh on average terry mclaurin has had to play with a different starting quarterback every three games of his career mclaurin has been in the league this is his third season now and the fact that three seasons, every every three games, a new quarterback, that's just sad. I mean... Shows consistency on him, though. Yeah, I mean, McLaurin's great. He had an amazing catch. I mean, probably... It's going to be catch of the year, I think. That catch that he made against the uh, Chargers was absolutely beautiful. He said it was the hardest catch of his career, and I don't doubt it. I mean, and then tonight during the, fo uh, the football team in Giants game, he had a great catch as well. McLaurin is a real deal, and they just need to get him a real quarterback. Now, Heineke... I don't know if he's the answer. I, I could argue against that. I mean, he picked up where he left off in week one. Uh, he picked up where he left off from last year in the playoffs. They did lose that game, but he played fantastic. Yeah. And he did play fantastic in week one. He played semi-solid today. We're recording this post um, Giants and football team. Mm -hmm. He did play pretty solid today, made a couple questionable decisions. Like you said, maybe he's not the future, but I think he's fine for now. 
But yeah, that's that concludes this week's uh, weird stat segment. As I said earlier, uh, go give WTF.FB a follow on Instagram. Uh, as I said, they just they uh, provide us these stats every week. All right, so to get into this week's hot takes, I'm gonna get right into mine. Uh, I know last week this is kind of just going everything against I said last week about the Titans. They're not gonna make the playoffs. I mean. We saw how they were able to hit, like play against a good defense, and it was terrible. Derrick Henry, he got slowed down. I mean, I think he only had 58 yards. Uh, yeah. Julio Jones didn't do anything. AJ Brown barely did anything, and then Tannehill did terrible. Derrick Henry had 58 yards, but that includes the last postseason game they played last yeah. year. Oh, really? Yeah, that includes. So he got less than I think he got like 30 something yards this game. Yeah, he did not do so good. But the whole entire Titans just did terrible. I mean. It's week one, so this is a very way too early hot take. But based off this week alone, the Cardinals are a great defense, and if they can't do anything against that, what are they going to do in the playoffs? I mean, are they even going to be able to make it to the playoffs? Uh, Derrick Henry, he's the type of guy that gets started in the second half, but not once did he get started. And that's just really worrisome to see, especially as a Derrick Henry fan, and also I have him in fantasy. That, that scares me a lot. I mean... That was such a bad game for the Titans. It was embarrassing. I'm not sure what the final score was, but it was just... They lost. They lost. Yeah, that's all I got to say. I mean, they lost and it was bad. The offensive line, that was probably the worst performance I've seen by an offensive line in a long time. Very... It was terrible. I mean... Yeah, not much more I could say than the Titans did terrible. Uh, Pitiful. Again, yeah, week one, anything can change, but... If they don't change something soon, they're going to end up just keep losing games. They're going to keep losing, keep losing, keep losing. And then that dream offense that we were just talking about last week is never going to never going to be a thought. It's going to be a thought of what could have been. I mean, Julio Jones, I think he might have had two catches. He had three for about 20-something yards. Disappointment in fantasy, both of them. <laughs> Derek and Julio both disappointed me. But besides fantasy, that's just... I mean, Julio's often regarded as one of the best in football, and I even last week I said he's one like the best wide receiver of last decade, which that's a valid point. But he just really slowed it down, and the fact that Arizona they don't have that good of a secondary besides Buda Baker, um, the fact that Julio couldn't do anything against that. I mean, they have AJ Brown. AJ Brown's the one that's going to get double covered by Buda Baker. So why was Julio Julio not out there making plays? It wasn't every single time that AJ or uh, Ryan Tannehill had uh, pressure on him. So why wasn't Tannehill making those plays? Why wasn't Julio connecting with Tannehill? They were just and off, then off. Going back to Derrick Henry, that's very worrisome considering how bad the line is right now. Because the Titans have never had a terrible line. Their line's always been decent enough for Derrick to do his job. But now that the line is really bad and they can't even, I mean, Chandler Jones had five sacks. That just goes to say, if one player has five sacks on you, you're not doing something right. Uh, the um, the lineman that actually uh, was guarding Chandler Jones even said, thanks for exposing me. Like, he needed that reality check. So, week one, there was a lot of weird surprises, and I'm hoping that this one is, because I like the Titans a lot. I rely on them in fantasy football a lot. So, but if they don't fix this problem, then they're done. Uh, they they lost so much in the offseason and they didn't gain enough to fix it pretty much all i have for my hot take unless you have anything to add on to that uh no i'll just go ahead and bounce into my hot take uh jalen hurts he needs to get out of philadelphia i have been a jalen hurts supporter since he played in alabama and then when he transferred you know that whole story uh i like jalen hurts i really do i think he's a fantastic player whenever he needs to run the ball he will 
but he always keeps his eyes downfield and if he sees something open he gets it there and he gets it there quick his arm yeah. strength is something that i don't think enough people are talking about yeah hertz is great um you were saying earlier that he already has more 300 yard passes in what five or how many games uh in five career starts jalen hurts has more 300 yard passing games than lamar jackson in his whole career and when you think about last season when he had three when he had 500 yards of offense to his name he had 300 yards passing and he had 200 yards rushing or a little under 200 yards rushing he had like 150 something rushing i mean you look at that I don't even know why they even consider bringing in Gardner Minshew. To me, that's just so disrespectful. I'd be, I mean, I'd understand if Jalen Hurts was upset about that. He's a very humble guy. That's why he obviously didn't say anything about it. He just went out there and he played football and he proved why he needs to start and why he should play. But Philadelphia is a terrible organization. Uh, the only thing they have to their name was that recent Super Bowl fluke. Jalen just needs to get out of there and go to a good team that needs him. Like, can you imagine if Jalen Hurts was on like the Broncos or something? If you could put Jalen Hurts on any roster, and I feel like it would just be a better outcome than being on Philadelphia. So I'm, I'm actually gonna disagree with you on this one. Now, the Eagles are not a good organization. We all know this. Um, however, the Garden Minch trade wasn't necessarily smart. Jalen Hurts balled out. But from some kind of perspective, I can understand it because the sophomore slump is a very huge thing in football. We see it a ton with rookie quarterbacks. So maybe it was just a backup plan. Uh, but as you said, Jalen uh, wasn't vocal about it. He wasn't like, if it was that big of a deal, I feel like he'd been, he would have been vocal no matter how humble he is. I just think it was just kind of a backup thing in case if stuff doesn't go right. I mean, who even is their backup quarterback without Gardner Minshew? They do, yeah, I don't know. I'll so, be honest, I don't know. I think it's, it wasn't necessarily the smartest thing, but it wasn't something that could hurt Jalen Hurts' career. Uh, they got Devontae Smith, with, with which actually I should have mentioned this earlier in my weird stat. Uh, Devontae Smith, he uh, his first NFL touchdown was in the same exact spot in the same exact stadium as his uh, game-winning touchdown in the national championship. And it was also his first career catch, too. Yeah. Yeah, so that just it was just cool to see. That's like a little side thing. But uh, going back to Hurts, I think that the Eagles can really build around him. We have not seen the Eagles draft a good wide receiver in a while. I mean, every year they've they've they done, missed out on they DK miss, yeah, they missed out on DK, they, Justin Jefferson. They miss out on everybody, and they missed out. Uh, they missed out on a ton of wide receivers. Obviously, hopefully they hit with Devonta Smith. They, I think they are. I mean, Devonta Smith is going to be great. I've I've been saying that since uh, last season. Uh, so I think that he should stay. I mean, they're trying to rebuild with him right now. I mean, they already look better now than they did with uh, Carson Wentz last season. So they're doing something right, even though it may take a while. It's going to get done. I think if they want to build around him, they need to make that priority. When I see that, I'll change my take. But for now, I just see them as a terrible organization that doesn't know what they're doing. So with that, let's go into our bonus segment. So, uh... Week one, we've said it many times, there has been so many surprises now. I'm going to go into the biggest one, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he did terrible. Terrible. He actually, this is the worst game of his career. He had, uh, I think, 1.32 points in fantasy based off PPR. Uh, he just did so bad. If he were to spike the ball all game long, his passer rating would have been better. Than, than what it was. Yeah. He threw two interceptions. Keep in mind... Uh, he only threw five last season, and he threw two and three snaps. I don't know what's going on. I'm not sure if it's just him being petty about this or if it's uh, him missing out. I mean, 
he didn't go to practice this like summer like he barely went because he was in hawaii like just making drama about this whole entire thing um could it be a tactic for him just wanting to get out sooner I mean, I could see why people would argue that, but I just don't know why Aaron would do that to his career. It just doesn't make sense. So we've known that Aaron Rodgers could be a petty guy. We do, I mean, but it, would he really go this length to be honest? Because he's regarded, all right, when people talk about modern age NFL, the only person that comes into debate when talking about the GOAT is Aaron Rodgers. Is he the yeah. GOAT over Tom Brady? No. But no. the closest person everybody can unanimously agree on is Aaron Rodgers. And he's if he does just take this chance to just like purposely have a bad season to get out of there, he's just tarnishing that. He's He has a good name. He has a good foundation on him. I think it's ridiculous to assume that, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, but he didn't really look too upset about the game. I mean... Like there was a picture of him on the sidelines and it was near the end of the game and it was 38 to three. And uh, uh, you look at uh, Devontae Adams, he was a little bit mad, but Aaron Rodgers just straight face. He wasn't even like phased by it, it looked like. Uh, he did say after um, it was just one game and that there's only 16 more to go. So, I mean, hopefully, hopefully he balls out for the rest of the season, but that's definitely questionable. But just, the, just thinking about how surprising it is going from MVP to the worst quarterback in the league. I mean, of course, that's only based off of one week. Sure. But going from MVP season to starting off your season as the worst quarterback in the league, that says something. I mean, something I think I don't is, know. Something I think is funny is Ben uh Big Ben had a solid game and yeah, another upset. They beat the Bills, the Steelers did. Mm -hmm. Big Ben had a pretty solid game. I think he proved some of the doubters wrong saying that he's too old and that he can't throw it. He still can. He still got it and he still got a little bit left in the tank. But Big Ben, out of all 32 quarterbacks, is still rated the lowest going into the week two. And just thinking about how Aaron Rodgers is over him heading into week two is just hilarious to me. They might have Daniel Jones over him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, it's, it's crazy. They got Taylor Heineke over him. It, it's yeah. funny to think about. Um, now, talking about the Steelers, you know, they upset him. Let's stay in the AFC North. The Bengals actually won a game. That was very surprising. I mean, that Dalvin Cook fumble, not a fumble. That was a terrible call. No, I mean, it wasn't a fumble. It wasn't a fumble. Uh, Vikings, that should have been their game. But the, just the fact that they went to overtime with the Bengals says something. Now, I was kind of talking talking good about Kirk. Uh, I'm not sure if I talked about it last week, but off the podcast, I was as well. I mean, he was. Kirk Cousins, I thought I believed in him. I mean, last season, he put up good numbers. He made Justin Jefferson rookie of the year. So it's like the fact that they lost to the Bengals. I mean, it's any given Sunday. Anything can happen, but... I just, I just don't get it. The Bengals are not good, but Joe Burrow, he played pretty well. He played great. I don't know who it was, but I was arguing in the comment section with somebody on TikTok where somebody <laughs> was saying that Joe Burrow hasn't proved himself enough to be a good quarterback. I think he was saying something like he'd take Derek Carr over him. And while I do like Derek Carr and that he is better than what most people say, I'm still taking Joe Burrow. Younger. And in this game, he, if anything, he just cemented it. He's yeah. fantastic. And, and jamar chase especially that was he, he did come out saying that like it was hard to see the ball that's why he had a lot of drops it in was too big or something like that it, it was, was, it, was a lot. it was a little bigger and that there's no stripes on it like the you know the white stripes in college um he said the ball was too big and that he can't see it because of the stripes but that sounds like, that sounds like something that a bus would say yeah it sounded really childish and nobody's expecting him to have a good game but he had over 100 yards receiving yeah. and a couple touchdowns to his name so he looked fantastic out there 
I think it's funny because Joe Burrow in the press conference when they brought up Jamar Chase, he said, oh, I thought he couldn't catch. You know, <laughs> joking about the whole situation of what his teammate was through, uh, was put through. Uh, fantastic game by the Bengals. It's, uh, it's crazy seeing that as a Browns fan myself, but I still think they had a fantastic game. Uh, for sure. Now, someone who had a terrible game, the Jaguars. Yeah. Um, so last week I was talking about the Texans. So honestly, most of my takes last week have been absolutely wrong. I'm just gonna say it. My takes were terrible this week. Um, hey, you got that Jameis Winston. I got the Jameis Winston one. That, that's the one that matters. That's my hot take. But All your energy focused into that one. Uh, but the Texans, I thought they were gonna go 0 and 17. Uh, they killed the Jaguars, and Tyrod Taylor looked great. I was talking about that how they should sign Cam Newton instead, but I was telling you too. I was like, yeah, Tyrod just Tyrod did, did said, good. He did I great. I said Tyrod is the guy. I said he's but solid. Going over to the Jaguars really quick. Urban Meyer. That was probably some of the worst game plans I've ever seen. Him not utilizing James Robinson was that was criminal. I mean, James Robinson is amazing. He had a great season last year. Uh, he was that waiver wire hero that everybody loved. Why would you not use him? I think he only had like what twelve snaps. Like, yeah, yeah. it was really slim. I just don't understand it. I mean, especially against the Texans' weak defense. If they would have played the cards right, that could have been a good football game. What I want to talk about is something that a lot of a lot of people are jumping the gun saying that Trevor Lawrence had a terrible game. He did throw three interceptions with three touchdowns, but you got to think it's a college head coach and a college quarterback coming into the NFL. First career starts. Yeah, first career starts. And a lot of the mistakes that you saw Trevor Lawrence made, if you like t- paid attention to them, there are a lot of college mistakes that you rookie could mistakes, Yeah, just yeah. rookie mistakes that you could trim out. and mistakes that i think he can trim out uh i mean he was really good in high school with the pro style offense and they went to clemson which they are known for screen pass screen pass run deep ball rinse and repeat yep and you can't get away with that in the nfl and he's just learning that he the arm strength is there he had some amazing passes that were just on a on a string straight directly to the wide receiver now was he worth the number one overall pick Oh, for sure. Yeah. But it's just a few rookie mistakes. Um, your brother brought out that Peyton Manning had a, I think he said that Peyton Manning had a bad season yeah. in the start of his career. I mean, we could see that with Trevor Lawrence. I'm not saying he's going to go 30 for 30. I'm not saying he's going to have more interceptions and touchdowns, but I wouldn't be surprised if his final um, touchdown to interception ratio was like uh, 24 to 13 or 24 to 15. Yeah. If he, I wouldn't be surprised if he has double digit interceptions, but if he does, I think it's just a rookie, rookie mistakes on a bad franchise in their first year of a new offense. Uh, so next thing, we're just gonna go over this really quick. The Colts offensive line, often regarded as the best in the league, got to Very apart. consistent. Uh, Seattle had five sacks on Carson Wentz. They just made him look, it, it was embarrassing for them. Uh, just the fact that that offensive line that's so uh, well regarded just absolutely folded. There were so many, uh, I'm not sure if it's a new defensive plan by Seattle, or I'm not sure what it was, or if it was just week one, but that, all, that whole line got killed. Oh, for sure. And yeah like you said the colts have a well-renowned offensive line that's known for being consistent and the fact that that happened it's either it's either amazing for seattle or it's worrying for the colts it's one of the two it could be both at once honestly it could be we'll see in the future how that develops but for uh now terrible by the colts yeah terrible uh so next up uh another thing that i was completely wrong about uh teddy bridgewater he 
did amazing against the Giants. Now keep in mind, it's the Giants, so it's week one. I'm not going to completely just slander myself right here. How was his accuracy in that game? It was amazing. Yeah. Anyway, he did great. Uh, just the Broncos, they did really good that game. Again, they it's the Giants. Breaking. can't be too crazy over the Broncos, but considering how far they've come from last season, uh, Teddy did his thing. I mean, he came in, got the W, and it was just great. I mean, the Broncos... They needed, they needed that. I mean, just seeing how Denver fans are reacting right now about having a quarterback that could potentially actually win some games for them, it's it's good to see. I mean, I'm not a Broncos fan, but I live, of course, live here in Denver, and uh, I go to school down in Denver, and just seeing how many people were super stoked about them winning the game, it was just, it was good to see that energy back because for a long time since Peyton Manning left, there's been that void in Denver football where you just don't see fans excited anymore. Yeah, even if they do win, it's like, we're not doing anything. So it was My, good to see a week one. I know uh, I've watched a few games with different family members uh, with the Broncos and they actually expressed interest of just not watching it. Yeah, it, It'd be like the second quarter and they'd be down 14 to zero. You know, there's more than enough chance to come back with but it. But they just didn't. They like, just don't want to watch it. I mean, and they, they never did come back though. So it's like- They came in, got a W and got them a reason. So it's good to see to that starting it. off the bat, they did amazing i mean the defense did good offense did great it's good to see that denver fans actually might have some hope this and season it wasn't just teddy bridgewater too melvin gordon had melvin gordon uh i was kind of mad about that because i had javante williams in fantasy i still won i'm just complaining a lot uh but yeah melvin gordon had over 100 yards rushing and he had a touchdown so uh it's good to see that for him i've kind of doubted him a few times um one thing i do want to say that was funny was Javante had a he had a decent game uh -huh. uh, first game I think that was decent Melvin Gordon got 100 yards and if you remember Philip Lindsay was acting really childish in yes. the offseason when they let him go and when they brought in Javante and promoted Melvin he was dropping laughing emojis on Twitter and stuff let's talk about Philip Lindsay's first run with the Texans he fumbled yeah I just think it's a uh, it's fitting that that happened um, I like Lindsay until he started doing that it's yeah, just, it's just really childish and petty um so yeah, Broncos, amazing start of the season. I'm glad to see that energy back in Denver. Hopefully it lasts because it's just good when you live in a good football season. They city. deserve it. With their they team, do. I mean, their offense, their defense. 13 starting quarterbacks in the last uh, five seasons, you definitely need some kind of hope. Um, something else that was kind of surprising was uh, Sam Darnold. Uh, we talked about this. Uh, we both honestly agreed with this, but Sam Darnold did great. Um, believe it or not, this is his first time having a hundred over a hundred uh, quarterback rating ever in his career, and we're gonna go back to this. I mean, we did it every week last week. It's Adam Gase. Adam Gase slander. We have not. We didn't do it last week. That was breaking our own personal streak. But uh, he's out of the league now. But anyway, it just really goes to show that it wasn't Sam Darnold. No, he wasn't. went in there, did his thing against against his former team, came out with the dub week one, and he did. He had a great game. I've been praising Sam Darnold. I've been saying, just give him a shot. I was like, he's he's younger than Joe Burrow. I was like, just, he entered the league at 20 years old. I was like, just give him a shot it's with a real coach and a real team. And, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get carried away with just week one, but seeing that he made the progress of having a 100 QBR game is amazing. And yeah. And while maybe you can put a tiny bit of blame on Sam Darnold, I'm putting majority of it on Adam Gase. Oh, definitely. I mean, Sam Darnold, he had some really bad games. Look at Ryan Tannehill. Um, he had a terrible career with um, Gase. Adam Gase. And look at him now. I mean, may maybe not look at him week one, but look at him before <laughs> that. Yeah, he look was at him the top, last season. top five quarterback in the AFC. He was. And then 
I think we're going to see the same thing with Sam Donald. I think he's solid. I don't think he's Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback, but he's a quarterback that's going to win you the game. For sure. And um, I'm pretty sure that's all the big surprises from week one. Uh, one thing that I touched about earlier, I just want to bring it up again. Uh, Steelers beating the Bills. That was huge. Um, the Steelers, this is their first time beating an actual really skilled team in a while. Yeah. We, uh, so it's good to see that they actually did. We really knocked on them last season for going 11-0 to, you know, a bunch of bad teams. And finally, when they didn't even go against a good team at the time. Football also team, the Bengals. That was their team that they lost their winning streak to, the Bengals. I think, they, no, they lost it to the football team. Oh, yeah, but they lost to the Bengals. The week, the week after, yeah. they lost again to the Bengals. So they went from... 11, I think they went from 11 and 0 to like uh, 12 and 4 because no, they beat the Browns, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, they played only a few good teams last season and lost the majority of them. And uh, we all went doubting. I thought it was going to be a blowout, but then uh don't know what happened. I don't know if the Bills did bad or the Steelers just did great. I think the Bills tried doing something different. I think they tried running the ball mm-hmm. a little more because Josh Allen did have conser- um, considerably less passing yards than normal. I mean, we know Josh Allen for averaging about like 240 yards a game. He only had 173 yeah. and two touchdowns. I mean, that's not bad. That can get you a win if, you know, your defense is playing its part. But, but they didn't. didn't. Like I brought up earlier, uh, even though Big Ben is rated as the worst quarterback going into next week, he still proved why he's still starting for yep. Pittsburgh. Should he start in the next four years? No. no. But he did a good job. So this is the last thing I'm just gonna bring it up really quick. Uh, I know I talk about the Seahawks a lot, but I promise this is it. Uh, that new offense looked great. Yeah. That is what they were missing. I mean, they had that perfect combination of running and passing. I mean, t- Tyler Lockett, uh, four catches, 100 yards, and three touchdowns. It looks. Or two touchdowns. Yeah. It looks the way it did at the start of last season, and it had more of that running though. I mean. Yeah. So the thing about last season, a lot of passing, very pass heavy, and it worked. But then it got slowed down pretty fast and then went back to running. But the running game, Chris Carson, I think he's a top five running back right now in yards. Yeah, he uh, is. So it's, it's it was definitely unique to see the Seahawks doing a good mix of the two different styles. And they did different type of runs. I've, I've watched some Seahawks film. I'm not saying that I've studied it all. But I've noticed that last year, whenever they did run the ball, it was always an inside zone they yep. ran they ran directly into the linemen but they i saw pitching it this yeah I, I saw them pitching i saw them running power i mean it's it was a lot better than just inside zone but yeah how about Lockett though i mean that man is just yeah consistent gets on field but yeah i'm i'm done with that, that yeah that, that was my spiel about the seahawks this week and with that, we're going to conclude episode two, season two of Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. Thanks for tuning in. We had a lot of stuff to talk about. You know, fantastic first week of the NFL. Hopefully this keeps continuing. Um, definitely come back next week because we're definitely have more to talk about. Just stay posted with us. Uh, we are going to have some updates regarding our YouTube channel here in a few days. Uh, so just turn on post notifications for all of our social medias. Yep. Keep an eye out for a video soon. And you can learn about that and more if you follow us on our social medias. Find us on Facebook, Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. On IG, we're Backyard Football Podcast. On Twitter, we're Jake and Benny FB. And with that, have a wonderful week.